Today on the Squadcast, you'll hear a chapel message from Corey Mitchell. Corey was interviewed on our last episode, so you can refer to that episode 32 to learn more about him. This message was recorded at our Freeze Winter Camp, and Corey spent some time looking at Proverbs 27. We did have a little bit of audio trouble, but I think we fixed it as much as possible. Hopefully it's not too distracting for you as you listen. Thanks for joining us around the proverbial campfire today. Let's listen in. Norway's uh, Olympian Ryber um, had a Winter Olympics in Beijing to forget. Having tested positive for COVID, He spent two weeks in isolation, unable to train, and was only released a little bit before his race. Cleared, he competed in the Nordic combined Large Hill 10-kilometer race. He put himself well in contention for a medal, having recorded the longest and highest recording ski jump earlier in the day, he set off first on the cross-country element with a 44-second time advantage over the rest of the field. And then he took a wrong turn. Unfamiliar with the course, he went the wrong way. He had turned around, but the time taken virtually wiped out his entire lead, and he eventually faded to a finish of eighth place. When asked, he said it was a silly mistake. It's not fun to show the world that maybe I wasted a gold medal. He says, I had been locked inside for two weeks, not breathing fresh air. My body was not working. Normally, I'm one of the better skiers, and today I was just plain bad. It is possible. The cold got to Ryber's mind. The race was brought forward 30 minutes to try to avoid the worst of the weather, but the temperature still dipped below negative 20 Celsius, which is what in Fahrenheit, Chief Les? <laughs> okay, so for those non-metric or non-Celsius, non-Canadians, it's cold. When we're talking about our lives... Uh, the direction we take matters. And, and there's multiple layers when we're thinking about direction. There's, there's the trajectory of where am I going, but then there's also, as I'm going, uh, I've got all these little bumps along the way. Uh, how many of you are driving? Okay, so a few of you. How many of you have ridden a bike and taken a path through the woods or something, or or have you walked on a path, right, that has divergent paths going off? So you can can see sometimes where you're supposed to be, but you're like, how's the path going to get me there? You ever think that? Like maybe you've you've been up on the vista like, okay, there's the end, but the path is going this way, and and there's aspects of life that, that have that. In Matthew 7, verses 12 and following, Jesus says, Whoever would wish that others would do to you, uh, I'm sorry, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the 
gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And in our passage that Connor read for us, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. So I can make all kinds of plans, right? I'm, I'm going to go over that mountain tomorrow, but I could wake up tomorrow morning and there's a foot of snow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then verse 2, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Now our skier, he, he might have been like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to win this race, right? He should have. But who could have predicted he'd get COVID? Who could have predicted that he'd make a wrong turn? So when we think about direction, the first and foremost thing we have to do when we're thinking about our lives is we have to understand our relationship with God and the gospel. Now, as I was talking about the path before, John Bunyan gives us an illustration to this, right? How many of you have read Pilgrim's Progress? A few of you? Well, in Pilgrim's Progress, you have Christian, who's the main character, and, and he's on his journey to the celestial city. And he's supposed to, has the scroll with him, and he's supposed to stay on the narrow path. But he encounters several people on his journey, and Formalist and hypocrisy are two of those people that he encounters. A Christian looks back and sees them coming towards him, but he knows that they did not enter through the gate that the Lord had told them to enter through. Instead, they climbed over the wall and got on the narrow path. And so, like any path, we, we know the end destination but when we're given instructions to stay on that path, we can, we can see how, oh, well, there's the path. I just need to climb over it this way. There's other aspects to, to the journey, right? So we, we, need to, we need to understand a few things. That when we're talking about our lives God wants us to get our relationship with him right first. Because I, I can be on that path, I can be on that trajectory, but I'm going to stumble, there's all kinds of things going to come my way, and if I'm not prepared for them, I'm going to have a real hard time. And so, so getting that straight, that sometimes when we read, when, I'll be honest, when I read Ma uh, Matthew 7, and I think, well, well, what's wrong with the broad path? That seems limitless, right? Why, why, why has it got to be a narrow path? Well, if we take the illustration of the Olympics, and let's just say throwing darts was an Olympic sport. Now, somebody's going to probably tell me at some point it was. I don't know. It was. Was it? Okay. Well, let's, let's just take darts, for instance. And let's say I'm going to train for the dart competition at the next Olympics, and I'm going to say, that back wall is my target. How good am I going to be at hitting my target? Yeah, yeah. But if I put 
a dot the size of a quarter on the back wall and say, that's my target, I'm at least going to be able to compete, right? Because if I just say that whole wall's my target and try to go to the Olympics, it's not going to happen, right? But if I focus on the size of a quarter on that back wall and I practice and I train and I develop my skill and I, and I might even ask some people, hey, can you watch me throw this dart? And they may be, hey, you, you kind of stutter a little bit in your throw. You might want to fix that. Or maybe your stance isn't right. You, we, you could have all kinds of criticism and critiques. Somebody might also say, hey, you might want to go to the gym and lift some weights a little bit. And all of a sudden, instead of just saying, well, that whole thing's my target versus this is my target, well, there, there's an aspect that what God is doing for us, when Jesus tells us that, Broad is the path that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leads to life. He, he, he's trying to prepare us. He's, he's in many ways protecting us. There's all kinds of things that can distract us. Now, we'll talk about in our fourth session the things that distract us. We, we live in a, in a world and a culture, you are growing up in a culture that is overloaded with spectacles. By spectacle, I mean things that go viral, you know, for me it used to be like when my team won the World Series or something. That was a spectacle, you know, you want to watch that. But now, you guys on your phones, you can watch spectacles like thousands of them a day, right? How, how, do, we, how do we compute with that? How, how, do we, how do we stay on the path when all these things are vying for our attention, So, why does Jesus make this narrow path the path we're to be on? Why is, why is it limiting? Uh, it's about knowing who God is and knowing yourself. He's trying to teach us some things when he, when he gives us these barriers. Um, God is not a killjoy. He, doesn't, he didn't write the Ten Commandments to say, I don't want anybody to have fun or be happy. No, that, that wasn't his point. He, he was saying, don't. Do these things, don't do these things, and you'll have life. But when, when we have this broad, open thing, how many of you have, you have Netflix? And how many of you sat in a room with somebody who has the remote, and they cannot decide what to watch on Netflix? Well, so, there's an aspect. Sometimes when, when, when you've got this broad horizon of things, you just, you, you're paralyzed. You don't get anywhere. And so, so God is helping us. This, this is the direction I want us to go. If we think about our lives as an Olympic event, all of it matters. So if, if you talk to Michael Phelps, like, okay, yes, winning all those gold medals and, and run, right, swimming those races, those were great events, but how did you get here? Well, how, I don't know how many calories he ate, ate in a day. I mean, eating those calories helped him get there. Swimming all those laps helped him get there. The time in the weight room. His, his mom, when he was still young, getting him in the, to the car and getting him to the pool. All, all those things led up to those events. All of it mattered. All the preparation, all the training, all the hurting, all the sweating, all the losing and the winning are all part of it. But to be successful in this life, we need to get a few things right. And the first and foremost thing is to get right 
in our relationship with God and that is made right by knowing Jesus Christ. Jesus is making a point here in Matthew 7. And and John will record for us in John 14, making the point that it is Jesus that is the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, 1 through 6, Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples. Let not your heart hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also you believe in God, believe also in me. In that moment when Jesus is is talking to his disciples there in John 14, he had just been talking about his impending death. And so he in, in that moment, he was the one who probably needed comforted, but instead he turns and comforts his disciples. It's a fascinating transition from 13 to, to 14. But he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And then what did Thomas say? Uh, Jesus, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> okay, Thomas. And that's when J- Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So he's, he's the, he is the gate. And when we step back and we, and we ask those questions, okay, so, so God is limiting. He's, he's putting us on a narrow path, not a broad path. But he's doing that in love. He's doing that in compassion. He's doing that because he knows that we are fickle people and we can go from one thing and another. We're, we're like the, the dog on the movie Up. Squirrel! Right? We, we do that thousands of times a day. And, and it's even harder, I think, today because we got all these electronic devices. Ding! Oh, I gotta check it. And all of a sudden I'm distracted. Jesus is the way. So, so we, have to, we have to acknowledge a couple things. What, where am I at? What, what, is, <coughs> what, what do I need? And, and the biggest thing is to come to those terms of saying, I, 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 am, I am a sinner that needs God. I, I need the forgiveness of my sins. I need redemption. I need hope and the promise of eternal life. And that is found in Jesus. It's found in his gospel. We have to get that straight before we can go any farther. If we're going to be successful in this life, we need to have, first and foremost, a right relationship with our creator, God. And that is made right by knowing Jesus. That his death, his burial and his resurrection has been freely offered to you and you receive that by believing on him. That takes us to our our text in Proverbs. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. How many of you have made plans that have been totally shattered. Okay? It's about everybody, right? 
Well, what happened? Aren't you smart enough? Did you have it figured out? Usually it has nothing to do with your intellect, right? It's usually factors outside of us. I, I, I can remember one time I was, I needed to get to an appointment and I was in a hurry and I was speeding a little bit. And all of a sudden I heard pop. And I had a flat tire in a no cell service area. What am I going to do? And I'm freaking out. My knee jerk reaction wasn't the right one. And then I calmed down and I said, okay, Lord, if I'm going to get to this appointment, you need to show up in a massive way. And I'm, I'm walking up and down the highway with my cell phone trying to find service. And I turn around and there is a white tire service truck pulling in behind me. And he said, yeah, I just was going the other direction on the highway and I saw you and I thought, I better stop and help this guy. And probably within a matter of 10 minutes, he had my tire off, new one on, and he was gone. I made my appointment. But that's not the way I planned it. This idea of not boasting about tomorrow should put in our minds what James talks about in James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, he says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go to such and such a city, we'll, we'll stay there a year and we'll make a profit. But James quickly says, But you do not know what your life is. You are but a mist that's here for a little while and then gone. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. But as it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, the one who knows the good he ought to do, but does not do it, to him it is sin. See, sometimes we try to make in our own mind that the, the path is whatever we want it to be, and it's broad, and, and it's the horizon's out there. And I, and I don't want you to dream big dreams for God and for, for your life. But we have to remember that we're not in control. That He is. And so what Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1 is trying to remind us as we think about making our way through life is that we first and foremost need to acknowledge that we are not in control, but God is in control. He is the sovereign of the universe, not me and not you. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Our friend, the skier from Norway, didn't plan on COVID, didn't plan on taking that wrong turn, but he lives with that. The second verse, let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. Davis, if you could show this clip. Now, I'm going to set up this clip. Um, I, don't, I don't know where this, this video came from. I'm not showing this to pick on anybody's musical abilities, but I want you to listen to what he says, because he's, he's boasting and bragging a little bit about himself at the beginning, um, and I don't think it corresponds to... Well, this next and 
Okay, so get to about minute 10 and then you can stop it. Final song is going to be one that has made me pretty famous over the last few years. So this song um, has made it pretty it famous. It has took me a lot of places I didn't think I would be at. Um, but it was the first time on stage, New Year's Eve 2002, uh, with one of the best quartets out there today, Brian Free and Assurance. And I was pl uh, privileged to be able to sing this one with Brian Free. And uh, I don't know if I beat him that night or not, but ever since uh, then we've had competitions. I've wore him out. Um, not to make me look good or anything, but that's what happened. But uh, this is one that also uh, my friends at my hometown church, Gospel Light Baptist Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, has uh, really made uh, their top choice. So therefore, we're going to finish off with this one. It's called Looking for a City. Looking for a city built above Looking for a city Where I'll never die Where the saint in millions Never say goodbye I think that's enough. <laughs> so, so what did, what did he do at the beginning? He was like, oh, famous. It made him famous. He, he was, he was letting his own lips praise him, right? Um, no, no one else was praising him, right? Have you ever watched America's Got Talent? Yeah. <laughs> and then that person comes up, and and they really don't have talent, and they're frustrated that the judges don't see it. Well, so when we're part of this this journey that we're on in life is. God has brought people alongside of us to, to help us. Now, I don't know if that video was a hoax or a prank, if he was performing. I, I don't know. But I don't know if you noticed the, the title. It was Worst Christian Singer. If it wasn't a prank, it was cruel for those people sitting there to not tell him the truth. Because here we sit almost 10, 11 years later, and he's an internet cessation, sensation for the wrong reason, right? And so as we, as we go through Proverbs 27, what we're going to find in Proverbs 27 is the, is the, the teacher throughout Proverbs is, is telling us we need other people. He's going to get to verses 5 through 10, and he's specifically going to tell us that we need friends, which we're going to talk about tomorrow morning. We need friends who will be telling us the truth. Now, I'm not going to say this guy couldn't have been a good singer, maybe with some training, vocal lessons. But if nobody ever told him the truth, he's not ever going to get those things. He's just going to think, I'm great. I can sing in the shower. Well, it doesn't sound the same when you put a microphone in front of you. right? There's going to be things in your life that you may be really excited about, and, and it's okay to be excited about them. Um, but if we never ask other people, well, am I really good at this? Or do you think I could be good at this? Be honest with me. Um, we, we could end up like that guy. And, and that's, that's not a healthy place to be. 
Let, let me just read a few passages here that we're going we're gonna to see here in a moment and tomorrow morning. Um, As we, as we go through life on this journey and we do our best to stay on God's path that he's laid out for us, we got all kinds of things that we have to deal with on them, all kinds of obstacles on that path. And the biggest obstacle you and I have to deal with on this journey of life is right here. And we need one another because I, I can look in the mirror and say, ah, oh, I'm a pretty handsome looking fella. And I can, I can overlook all of my flaws, right? But sometimes we just need an honest friend to say, you know, pick something. You could, you could be better when you uh, talk to people. You could be a little more nicer when you engage people. So there's a there's a relational aspect or um, you know you you really talk about how good of an ice skater you are but if you never notice everybody clears out when you get on the ice oh I didn't why why is that because they're afraid of you yeah oh oh I'm not that good. so there's aspects that we need each other. So as we go through life, as we go through this journey, all these things are preparing us and making us better. And it, it's part of what God is doing. Um, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and verse 10. So Ephesians 2 lays out the beauty and the glory of the gospel of grace. It is by grace you are saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But then when he gets to verse 10... Okay, how many of how many of Ephesians two ten memorized? Some of you probably do. Dave Vest is the only one in the house. Okay, good job, Dave. All right, Levi, read it real loud for us. Well, okay, Levi has it memorized too. Well, kind of. Is it for we are his workmanship? Yes. Yes. Okay, 
uh, you're not Julia. Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. We are his workmanship. How many of you have arrived? Is he done working on you? Okay, no, nobody's done. Good. Um, so there's an aspect as we are going through life, God is working in us. He's making us his masterpieces and he's bringing people along. He's bringing circumstances along. In Proverbs 27, he's bringing fools along our path. They're trying to provoke us. Do you think God can use a fool in your life to make you more luck like Jesus? You bet. And so he's giving us all these things. And so you and I are very much like Olympians when we're talking about our spiritual life. He's he's giving us these opportunities to train and to get better in these areas of life. I'm not there yet. There's times my family looks at me like I have five heads and like, what are you doing? You're a crazy monster. Right? Or I think I'm good at something and then they'll start laughing and I'm like, oh, guess I'm not as good as I thought I was. Right? Or sometimes they'll just be very frank and honest and say, you know, you say this a lot, but you're really not that great in that. Oh, well, thanks for telling me because I don't want to look the part of the fool. Right? And so we, we need one another. So as we see this, we're going to see how God brings circumstances and life troubles and then people, both friends and fools, and then other people to help shape us and fashion us as we go through life. But it is those things that sometimes we have that initial knee-jerk reaction like I had when I heard the pop of my tire and I'm like, ah, oh, my day's ruined, right? Now, I, it could have just been coincidence, but I don't think it was. But the guy's truck said Bethlehem Tire Service, and I'm like, maybe there's a spiritual connection here. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but that, that's, that's what we need to think about um, as we go through this proverb. Let me end... So, so tomorrow morning, we're, you can read ahead. You can read verse 5 through 10. That's where we're going to land tomorrow. We're going to talk about the need for faithful, honest friends. For two reasons. One, because we our hearts are easily deceived and we deceive ourselves. And two, all the distractions and the obstacles and the spectacles that distract us along the way, we need people to help us. One of the beauties of this place, thanks us for it, is the relationships you can build that last a lifetime. And so make connections. Um, I, I heard some talking as I was in Susquehanna Lodge that some of you had never been to winter camp. That's great. So there's a likelihood that you, there's people here you didn't meet, maybe at summer camp. Or maybe this is your first time at camp altogether. 
get to know each other, share your, whatever your, your social media things are, um, I'm not even gonna try. Um, but get to know each other because we need each other in this life. We, we're, not, we're not created to be solitary creatures. Um, we're created for relationship. In Genesis chapter two, when God, you know, Genesis one, we just, God spoke, and like, in Genesis chapter two, we get the intricacies of how he created humanity. Breathe into the man's nostrils of breath of life. So he, he gets down, that combo of dirt and clay we form, and there's, there's intimacy there. So that God created that with us, that you and I are to have that kind of relationship. I'm not saying, no, don't, don't think I'm saying go kiss each other. That's not what I'm talking about. But we need that connection of, hey, I, I can have a friend, I can have a brother or sister in Christ that I can count on to be honest with me and tell me when I'm straying from the path. Or in the illustration of um, Bunyan, if I'm being a hypocrite or a legalist and trying to climb over a different way and going through the gate. Um, there's, a, there's a humility in the gospel in knowing that I am getting here not of my works, not of my effort, but of what Jesus Christ has purchased and done for me. Now that doesn't mean that the path and walking that path is easy. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be challenges. But when I keep my focus on Him and His finished work for me, that's motivating. It's freeing. It's hopeful. And so we have to keep those things in perspective. But all those things are easily distracted by other things, and we need people, good people, to... Uh, For more information about Camp Susquehanna, be sure to visit our website at susquehanna.org.